This is an Arizona sports special. Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Eric Ruby. Cardinals Corner, Arizona Sports Special. Back into another edition of Cardinals Corner, a special live edition on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Eric Ruby. Flying alongside me as always, the one, the only Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter Tyler Drake. We got Aaron Maloney on the ones and twos in the back here on a holiday weekend. That's why you're hearing me and not the straight up. Two Two o'clock. Those guys got the day (laughs) off. We are Cardinals Corner, Arizona Sports Cardinals podcast. But first and foremost, Tyler, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's a, you know, holiday weekend and we get to talk some Cardinals and and take over the airwaves a little bit. It's a good time. I'm glad to be here with you, buddy. Yeah, and we're not the only ones taking over the airwaves. It started this morning. Arizona Sports Saturday became Arizona Sports Monday. Then we had Ain't No Fang, our Diamondbacks podcast, State of the Sun Devils, Empire of the Suns with Kellen Olsen, Kevin Zimmerman coming up after this at three. And if you miss any of it live... Go on, head over to the Arizona Sports app. You can check it out there. But that's not what we're talking about today, Tyler. We are here to talk about some Cardinals football. And unfortunately, that means a lot of off-the-field topics to talk (laughs) about. And the name that came up once again on Friday was Buda Baker. I'll set the scene by playing the sound cut from Mike Garofolo on Good Morning Football from last week. Talking about Buda Baker and his ongoing contract situation with Arizona. I've heard from his agent, David Mulageta, uh, who texted me and said he doesn't want to be the highest paid safety. He never said that. Now, the highest paid safety right now is Derwin James, who I think is a David client, if I'm not mistaken. He is. Uh, 19 uh, million and change for him. Right now, Buda Baker is ninth. This is a five-time Pro Bowler, two-time or three-time All-Pro. Uh, so David uh, Mulageta continued and said he just wants to be paid fairly for what he brings to the table. All right, Tyler, your initial reaction. You're giving me a little smile. What do you think this means? Uh, you know, I think one, let's make sure Buda Baker's name is still in the news cycle. Two, check. I think it's more of a, uh, well, let's, let's go back. When this whole trade request came down, it's pay me, make me the highest paid safety or trade me. Now it seems like there's a step back there. You don't need to pay me the highest. You just got to pay me fairly. So what I'm kind of looking at this way outside speculate, like very far speculation here. I think they're at the negotiation table, but they know they're not getting that highest deal. I think that's where where they're at right now. So I think it was a way to still talk about Buda Baker, but also have that little caveat of we just want to get paid fairly, not the highest, but fairly. Yeah, and there was also another part of Garofolo on Good Morning Football from the 30th that I thought was really interesting when I heard it. He told the team before the season started uh, that he wanted to go play for a contender. He doesn't. Uh, he didn't want to be part of a rebuild. And he said his agent, David is his agent, so he's quoting himself in the third person. His agent believes it's time the Cardinals extend Buddha uh, if they believe that he is a long-term part of their future plan. Alright, I got two what? things on it. First of all, first of all, I love agent speak. I love how just agents are just ruling everything. They're speaking in the third person. Yeah. They're getting their names out there along with the players. I think it's hilarious. But number two, the beginning and the end of that kind of contradicted each oh, other, yeah, right? They did. At the beginning it says Buddha went to the organization. He said he wants to play for a contender. And then at the very end it says if Arizona values and wants to have him around, they're gonna give him a contract yeah. extension. What? <laughs> Those two the, things are not the two same. Two very different. So which one do you think is going to be more likely? Let's like let's say these negotiations continue to play out because if there's anything that 
we've seen is that this is not going to be a quick fix, right? No. This is going to drag out for a little bit of time. Do you see this ending with Buda Baker not wearing the new uniforms that the Cardinals revealed? Or is he is he going to get extended? And is is that worth it? I mean, I think just off of everything we heard on those two cuts, I'm on the line of they're going to extend him, but it's not going to be this giant contract we all are expecting. I think it's going to be more than what he's making now, obviously. But at the same time, I just don't see it being a what a 70 what Derwin James is making 76 million over four years I don't think it's gonna get close to that I mean he is he is well away the highest paid safety under him you got Minka Fitzpatrick a couple million less four years yeah. 73 million dollar value then you got Jamal Adams that that's the name that stands out at all of them four years 70 millions for Jamal Adams would you pay him top five that would leave him at around 70 million Marcus Williams of the Ravens is in at five there and right below him is Jesse Bates the third out of Atlanta at 64 million is that the spot that you're looking at four years for Buddha I think between five and six I think right there between Marcus Williams and Jesse Bates like a 68 69 is that fair do you you think that's fair for everybody I guess it also depends on what's the what's the breakdown of the salary. What's the breakdown of the cap hits over the years? That's also going to be a huge part. But I think that would be more along the lines of, hey, we've met you here. Meet us kind of meet us in the middle on both sides. I think that would be a fair enough deal to move forward. And then you reconsider down the line. All right. There this question that I'm about to ask is twofold, but it's one question. Okay. Is this all worth it? Not <laughs> not just not just hey. On paper, cap space wise, building our team, our roster, looking at the future with this new regime. Do we want to invest blank amount of money into Buda Baker? But also, is this worth it? The fact that another summer's coming by, this time with a completely mm-hmm. new regime, new head coach, new GM. You just got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. You are clearly looking to build for the future. And yet again, The story for the Cardinals come June, come July, Mm. is a player who's unhappy with their contract situation. Is this worth it? Or is it time to just say, if we're not going to get on the same page, if you want this amount of money, we want this amount of money, Mm -hmm. you are going to only check the boxes. You're just going to show up, right? Show up so you don't get fined. You're not going to be... The Buddha Baker that everybody knows and loves, the Buddha Baker that Jonathan Gannon and Monty Asenfort talked about in their intro press conferences. If you're not getting that guy amid these contract negotiations and you're not exactly focused on winning 12, 13 games this year, Tyler, is this worth it? You know, it's 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 going to be this is going to be a weird answer. I do think it's worth it. Okay, and here's the here's the reason why, because I think. This new regime is showing that you might be the Buddha Baker of the team, but when it comes to negotiations, they're not just going to give in and give that giant deal that we've seen in the past. I think this is a very, you know, good example of Monty Osfort putting his foot down and showing, hey, if you're going to come here, this is how we're going to work on this deal. And it's not so much, oh, you're Buddha Baker, we're throwing everything at you to come here and stay here and be the guy. It's no, we can meet in the middle. We can make both sides this work out for both of us. So that's kind of I, I see it as that I see it as kind of a culture builder. It's just it's helping with, you know, the thought of if you're coming here, you're not going to take us for a ride. Yeah, I am. I'm still with you right now. I still think it's worth it right now. Obviously, Monty Austin for he doesn't like to go and talk in public about these things. In fact, he made it very clear with the DeAndre Hopkins situation, yeah. with the Buda Baker situation yep. that they want to keep everything internal inside Mm -hmm. we're not getting leaks and you've seen all of the national reporters everybody that's coming out and is talking about buda baker 
specifically Garofolo, mentions his agent. Yeah. This is all coming from Buddha's side. Yep. And as somebody who's looking at the Cardinals and thinking, what is their best path, right? How do they turn this around? Because they've hit the the bottom of the bottom. Hopefully this is rock bottom, right? There's yeah. not farther down to go. You're right. They're they're saying, hey, you, you might be Buddha Baker and we value you, mm-hmm. but we're not going to bend over backwards. And we're certainly not going to tie ourselves down for the future in a move that we might not think is the best for us. Yeah. Double-edged sword, though, because on one edge, you've got that. That's great. Stand your ground as an organization. Let people know how things are going to operate around here. Mm-hmm. You see it on the field with Jonathan Gannon yeah. setting all sorts of new rules. That's great. That's awesome. This team is full of young talent, and there are some good veterans on this team. Mm-hmm. They need the full Buda Baker. Yeah, right? and, and I guess the thing, too, is for all of the, you know, he was at minicamp, but he wasn't. He was still taking part, still being that leader, the guys in the inside the building, you know, chatting with coaches. So that part of Buda Baker is still there. And like I said in our podcast, uh, you know, recently, he accomplished a lot during minicamp. He accomplished being there, not getting fined, being there for his teammates and making sure his stance was still, you know, there. He he made sure that his stance was still what it was. So, you know, it's it's definitely a distraction. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's one of those almost necessary ones to really set the tone of how this organization is going to go down the line, down years down the line. And I really hope when you say setting a tone that this comes out with a positive ending. Yes. Because you've already lost one superstar talent this offseason. Say what you want about DeAndre Hopkins, his contract situation, why the Cardinals were not able to get any assets back for him. still a free agent. Right. (laughs) Part of that might be his doing. Part of that might not be. He might seriously not have a ton of interest around the league because of his age and missing games. And and, the money. And the money, of course, because he doesn't seem to want to budge on that. Mm -hmm. But that aside, you still lost him for nothing, Mm -hmm. right? It's DeAndre Hopkins. That that name. He I guess when you weight. say nothing, you did you did relieve some cap there. Okay, but, but you, I get you, I get what you're saying. saying. I get what you're saying. Right? Now there saying. wasn't any benefit, but you yeah. released him for nothing in yes. exchange. Yes. Okay. Then you have Buda Baker, and if in the same offseason you start a completely new era by saying, "Hey, these two really highly skilled veteran level players, we just we couldn't work it out with you." Mm-hmm. That to me, internally, speculatively, thinking about the players. That might set off not like alarm bells, like, oh, my gosh, we need to get out of here. This is awful. Ah, But like, oh, okay, noted. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is a new regime, but we're still having problems with our our big time, our star players. Like, let's see what happens. But that could also maybe inspire motivation. Mm -hmm. Think about somebody like Isaiah Simmons didn't get his fifth year option picked up. You know, that could be like, oh, wow, it's it's real. If Buddha's not getting preferential treatment, I'm not going to get preferential treatment. It's time to go out there and earn and it. Ball out, yeah. And if there's a Buddha Baker that I know, is that as soon as he knows that this organization's bought in, he he's flipping that switch all the way back. Yeah. I've got no doubts about Buddha on the field. No, no doubts about him off the field, except for when you're in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. And I can't fault the guy for wanting his money. Can't fault him at all, especially in this situation. But you have to acknowledge that if you're not going to give him what he wants, he's not just going to turn around and be. The Buddha Baker of that old. That we all know. And yeah. if he's not the Buddha Baker of old, then there's no point keeping him around. Flip him where you can get good assets for him mm-hmm. and look towards the future. Speaking of looking towards the future here on Cardinals Corner Live, special edition on Arizona Sports on this July 3rd. Hope you're staying safe on your holidays. We're looking towards the future. We're going to rank every single Cardinals rookie, and we're going to do it next right here. Cardinals Corner on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Cardinals Corner Arizona Sports Special with Eric Ruby and Tyler Drake on the Arizona Sports app at 98.7. Hello and welcome back into Cardinals Corner here on Arizona Sports this holiday weekend. It's why you're not hearing the sweet tones of Burns and Gambo. Instead, (laughs) you've got Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter Tyler Drake and myself, Eric Ruby. We are Cardinals Corner, Arizona Sports Cardinals podcast. We're having ourselves a day here on Arizona Sports. All of the podcasts going live. It's a takeover here on 98.7 on the airwaves. And right now, it's time to look towards the future for the Cardinals because, quite honestly, that's where all the excitement lays. Yes, And going into this draft, everybody knew. Everybody knew. It was a big test for Monty Austin for all of the assistants, all of the other guys who work in that front office, who was in that Cardinals flight plan video, letting him know who's what, where, all the picks, values. This this was a really big test. Huge for test. It was basically the first time they really got to spread their wings and, and show the Valley what what they're about. Yeah. And I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself. I walked away from this draft tampering charges excluded right beforehand. <laughs> Very impressed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I'm at too, man, is even with the tampering, I, I for what they did, I'll take the tampering charge, to be honest. Like, I mean, I would have preferred for it not to happen. Obviously, but. obviously. But I think for what you see at the end of the day with the draft class, they killed it. They knocked it out of the park. Obviously, until we see what they do on the field, that's when we'll really see it. But on paper right now, I think they got a lot of, they filled a lot of holes that not only could happen this year, but down the line really helping this team when they can actually get back into that playoff relevancy. Right. And before we even talk about the players, you got to talk about the trades that landed in the players. Not only are we going to talk about a lot of exciting players from the 2023 draft looking ahead. The Cardinals have a ton of assets, including the Texans number first round pick. Maybe the number number one one. overall pick. I'm getting ahead of myself here in next year's 2024 draft. Okay, I'll give you the floor. We're going to rank these not just, oh, instant impact. Who's going to come in and be good this season? We're talking long term. It's weighted. This rookie contract, right? You can't really tell what's going to happen beyond that. But we're going to be selecting, ranking, power ranking, however you want to put it, this Cardinals rookie class for this year and the future. So I'll give you the floor, Tyler. Do we, want to go, are, do we want to go 1-1, one, 2-2? One, one, two, two? Yeah, give, give me your okay. one. I'll give you my one. Okay, so number one, I, it's going to be the easiest one. Drum of roll, please. Yep, yep. Uh, Paris Johnson. That's, and why is that, Tyler? It's just when you're paying your quarterback that much, you better have a big bodyguard to help him out. And that's what they did. He's not only that. Kyler wanted him. You could tell that. You could see it in the how many daps they had when they <laughs> saw each other at the training facility. So easily number one. Dude seems like he's already a veteran. He's got, you know, he had the foundation in high school. That Isn't he's, that insane? He's just, he already seems like he's been in the league for two or three years already. It's really, it really feels like that just from, you know, talking to him and seeing him on the practice field. It's just, he really seems like he's got it together. He seems like it's one of those guys that's going to come in right away and make an uh, impact. And down the line, he's going to be one of your cornerstones for those, for the trenches. And you've seen he already buys into the community. Yep. Whether it's the other sports teams, he's been at D-backs games. This weekend, he went and uh, gave some water bottles to you, Mom. Exactly. Donated. Like he, yep. He's already ingratiated himself into Arizona, and that's part of the reason why he's also my number one pick. Look, we're not in the hot take industry <laughs> here, folks. I'm not going to tell you that John Gaines is going to be my number one rookie to watch this year, okay? But Paris Johnson Jr., like, let's take it off the field for a second. Yeah. Football and the NFL is full of extremely talented people, extremely exceptional athletes. 
But you've seen the ones who carve out the long careers. It doesn't matter where they're picked. doesn't matter what their measurements are. Obviously, to a certain extent, I'm not making it to the NFL. No. It's your Kelvin Beecham's of the world. Mm-hmm. Where you talk to me like, this is such a well-rounded dude. Yeah. This is somebody who cares about the community. He cares about everything on the field. And a lot of the times that attention to detail, it transfers over into how people attack yes. their preparation and how you even act as an athlete. And it makes those guys around you want to take that next step. Especially when you're a rookie because the whole rookie mindset is, oh, they're going to come in. They're going to think they're too good for everybody, especially yep. the number six overall pick mm-hmm. that could have gone top three, could have gone top four. Yeah. He, he was as blue chip of a prospect as you could get. Yeah. And that is also part of the reason why he's my number one pick. I think he's going to absolutely demolish down low. This is somebody where the even keeledness off of the field makes me think he's even more of a savage yep. in it. When you can bottle that up yep. and you can say, this is who I am on the field. This is what I like about football. And then also, I'm like the nicest guy in the world outside <laughs> yeah. of it. To, to me, that's like you get your Buda Bakers, right? Who's yeah. a fantastic guy. You go on the field. He's giving you your heart by far and away. Not a surprise here. Not a hot take. Paris Johnson Jr., the number one rookie yep. in our rankings for this year and for the future. I'm going to keep it going with yeah. you, Tyler. You're number two. Oh, number two. Michael Wilson. You Okay. I'm gonna, let's, re- let's reverse here. All right. I would like to go with my hot How about you go second. number two? Yeah, I'll go. No, I agree with you. Look, Michael Wilson has been somebody from the moment that I started watching his tape when they picked him. I was filling in for Mitch Veraldes, who's newly minted as part of our State of the Sun Devil show. There we Congrats go. to him. Filling in for him a couple weeks ago during the draft on Arizona Sports Saturday when they picked Michael Wilson. And I went, oh, let me do some research on yeah. this guy immediately immediately gravitated towards him as this dude looks like somebody who can make plays. Mm-hmm. I've been singing his praises for a while. I know you have too. You've seen him up close and personal. I was, I was skeptical though, compared to you. So you, how, you, were, you, were, you were, you were, you were gung ho from the get go. So welcome to the side of the fence. What changed I, I saw, I saw him out there on the field, man. I saw, I obviously it's shirts and shorts and you can't really do, you can't tell much out there, but the dude just looks like he's got it. And the way he holds himself in the interview room, much like Paris Johnson, I mean, just is a pro already, it seems like, on the on the you know, the little things of being in the NFL. So he's clearly got that. He's got a spot I mean, he's got an opportunity to really make an impact this year. And I moved him up to two. Here's a big reason. No hop, Hollywood on a contract year. If Hollywood gets figured out, maybe he drops a slot or two. But with how everything's set up right now. I've got to go Wilson, too. I can't deny it. And, I and was, he's a bigger guy, too. He's 6'2". He, he's one of their tallest exactly. receivers. Because your core, Rondell Moore, Hollywood Brown, Greg Dortch. All under six Sub six-foot guys. Yep. Doesn't mean they can't be good football players, but you need, especially when you're not going to be trotting Kyler out there, mm-hmm. you need a tall target. And when you watch this guy play, and when you watch him move, and I thought it was a little bit crazy when I said it at first, there are elements of... And I'm kind of repeating myself a lot because (laughs) I'm not afraid of this take. You're not. I know you're not. I ain't afraid of a lot of things, Tyler. (laughs) He gives off slight squinting shades of DeAndre Hopkins. Now, before you crash your car listening to me, (laughs) I have to tell you what I mean. It's the way he catches the ball. It's the way he moves afterwards. The main thing that I kind of stick on is how he gets a little bit of separation after the catch. He has that patented DeAndre Hopkins catch turn over the left shoulder, maybe depending on this field, turn over the right shoulder and gain a couple extra yards. He meets the ball at its apex. He uses only his hands, which is kind of a weird thing to say for NFL receivers, but it's real. 
<laughs> There's just slight shades in comparison. All right, before I continue to spend the rest of the segment talking about Michael Wilson, I'm going to let you go first again because I kind of stepped on you last time too. Who's You're, your third? Uh, Who's your third? Who's okay. your third? Third. We're switching up. Going defense. Uh, B.J. Ojolari. Okay. Pass Second rush. round pick. Still unsigned, Much needed. correct? Yep. Still unsigned? Still unsigned. Yeah, that's a little strange. Uh I, it's like, not, it's not strange, but it is strange. There's you know still I mean? a handful of guys not signed, so I, I don't think it's that big a deal. I think if we get into training camp and there's still no deal, maybe maybe have a little bit of worry. But right now, I'm not really concerned with it. From people that I've talked to, it's kind of the, you know, that second round, you know, area can I be tricky. I think should be paid closer to a, a little first more, rounder. I think, I think there's some financial yeah. sides to that. But yeah, he's got to be number three for me just because there's no pass rush. I mean, not no pass rush, but there's an unproven pass rush on this team. And I think from everything Nick Rollis has talked about and really Jonathan Gannon, he seems like he's the guy that can come in and really make an impact right away. And, you know, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how that room is even, you know, structured with Cam Thomas, MyJ Sanders, B. Joe Gilari, Zavin Collins in there. Uh, you know, Cam Thomas and MyJ, if they can take that next step, which I think Cam Thomas is, that'd yeah. be great. But I think BJ could come in, and we need to see him, too. We haven't seen him really at right. all this offseason. Not even in shorts. Yeah. I mean, we did a little bit for rookie minicamp, but beyond that, not really. So that's just, yeah, for me, that's got to be the guy because they, I think they picked him in the thought of, hey, you can come be one of those, you know, game changers for us defensively. Yeah, we did not compare lists before coming on no, here. I'm learning about your list when you're learning about mine. We're, we're lining up. Three for three here. Synergy. It's hard to let BJ Ojolari slip past this. The fact that Michael Wilson is even second is something to talk about in its own right. The thing I noticed most about Ojolari is he kind of fits a different type of player than a lot of other ones that you would mention. Your Cam Thomases, your Zaven Collins of the world. His nose for the football and finding it after other people kind of create the the pattern the situation how the play's unfolding. Yeah, he's that great secondary guy. He'll chase you down and he'll stop it. His athleticism and his ability to do that, to me, undoubtedly puts him third. And I think he's going to be have a leadership role on this team, too. Yeah. Okay. Fourth. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to go with John Gaines Ooh. out of UCLA solely because there's a chance that he is their starting center at some point this season. And if he does well, he's their starting center for a couple of years on a cheap rookie deal. Played a lot of positions at UCLA. Smart guy. Another person with football character. Love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Mine is uh, Garrett Williams. Okay. Another guy we haven't seen yet just because he's working his way back from ACL, but I think maybe not so much this year, but I think moving down the line, he could be really, really solid for the secondary. The guy just has the attributes to really be a game changer out there, so he's definitely going to be my number four guy. Okay, then we just we flip-flop, assuming you do games. Yeah, I, have game, yep, I do. I'm going Garrett Williams next. It's the injury that holds me back a little bit, but yeah. you hear this guy talk about football. Yeah. He, he really knows what he's doing, and who knows? That Cardinal secondary, <laughs> There's they, some might openings. Need, they might need some help in a little bit. All right, let's rapid fire this. All right, after John Gaines, who are you going? Dante Stills. Dante Stills, man, I'm going Owen Papo. His Twitter handle is at the freak, and that is with <laughs> his speed. He's the fastest inside linebacker, 40-yard dash in the draft. I think that that's a skill you can build around. I'm going Owen Papo. Up next, I'm not going Dante Stills. I'm going Clayton Toon because, again, solid chance this so guy's your backup quarterback for the next three, four years. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing, too. And I think what moved him up over the last two guys for me is the fact that he can, you know, maybe be that replica mobile quarterback that you need to kind of see what this offense can be until Kyler returns. So a little extra bump there for me. But, yeah, Clayton Toon's definitely in there. All right, last two for me in order. I'm going to go Keetro Clark, and then I'm going to go Dante Stills. 
Okay. The thing with Clark that I really like is his mentality. I like that off the field, he seems very committed to being a better person. And even Michael Wilson, who I yeah. rank very yeah. highly, is like iron sharpens iron. I'm going to bet on the other part of iron. I, I like Dante Stills. I'm just, I'm not as sure. Okay. Yeah, I got Clark and uh, Papo. Papo. All right. Yeah. That is the rookies. But the main focus for a lot of Cardinals fans this offseason is Kyler Murray. And despite signing a contract last season, is his future in the Valley in jeopardy? We're going to break that down next. Cardinals Corner live on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cardinals Corner, Arizona Sports Special with Eric Ruby and Tyler Drake. On the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. Thank you for joining us here on this holiday weekend for a very, very special live edition of Cardinals Corner and Arizona Sports Podcast. I'm Eric Ruby. Alongside me, as always, Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter Tyler Drake. We got Aaron Maloney in the back there making the magic happen. Mm -hmm. If you missed it earlier this morning, we've had a whole takeover day here instead of our normal programming as they go kick it up on a beach somewhere. Gambo's out in Italy. Italy. We're in here. We're grinding, (laughs) baby. We had... Arizona Sports Saturday in the morning, Ain't No Fang or Diamondbacks podcast after that, followed by State of the Sun Devils, who introduced a new host after us. Two hours of Two. Empire of the Suns. Woo, that's going to be a fun one. You're going to want to stick around for all of it right here on Arizona Sports. And if you missed any of it, go to the Arizona Sports app, ArizonaSports.com. You can catch up or you can just listen to it for a second time because yeah. it's a lot of fun today. Yeah. would highly encourage that. Something that's not a lot of fun, Tyler. Something that when it first started coming up, I can't lie, I was pretty against talking about it because it just annoyed me. <laughs> yeah. Not not on any like principle like I will stand on the high ground, but it just it annoyed me because it was like really already and that's the future of Kyler Murray beyond this season. And it's so hard because to me I'm like okay, let's focus on his rehab. Let's focus on what needs yeah. to be in place for when he gets back so that he can succeed. Yep. But it's undeniable. If you just follow football, you don't have to be a Cardinals fan. If you just follow yeah. football, yep. a lot of eyes are already on next season for the Cardinals. And the question is, will Kyler Murray be their quarterback? Are you are you with me where it feels understandable but slightly ridiculous in now the beginning of July to have been talking about this for at least a solid month? <laughs> oh, man, not really. No, no, I'm, I'm just on my own boat over here. Yeah, that's understandable. you're out on your own boat, buddy. Yeah, I, I just I think we all kind of saw this writing on the wall, uh, you know, not only when he got hurt moving forward, but then you see the new regime, you see how the last year ended. It's got to be talked about because everyone's going to be talking about it. And if you're I mean, if you're the Cardinals, you've got to look at it at least. Right. I mean, look, I'll put my big boy pants on and I'll, I'll, I'll put aside what I want and what I don't want to do. And we'll talk about it for you, Tyler, for you. Yeah, yeah they do. You have to consider you it. have to even if they're like me who they don't want to consider it because you just tied in a quarter of a billion dollars into somebody. Yeah, solely because the talent at the top of next year's draft is undeniable at this point. Still a whole college season to go yeah. through. You still have to see if the Cardinals or the Texans get the top pick, and to kind of lay it all out for you from a more national perspective, Adam Schefter on with Pat McAfee a little bit ago, like two weeks ago, said there are questions about Kyler's future in the Valley. If there is a generational quarterback on the board, like Caleb Williams, of course. Like, that's going to be a storyline that follows them all year long, and we're waiting to see if and when Kyler can come back. But, yeah, it's, it's a new regime. 
loaded with picks. So, yes, there are questions about his future there, which is why it was important for him to get paid. And it was a good thing that he got paid last year. It's not wrong. No. He's not wrong. Like this whole, oh, why is Kyler making such a big deal out of this last year? And he had to get that bag when he could. Do you do you think this is fair to him? N- not necessarily that life is fair. I'm not arguing for it to mm-hmm. be fair. But just from an objective standpoint, is this a fair position to put Kyler Murray in coming off of an ACL injury? I don't think... I mean, when we talk about fair in the NFL, I don't think we can really say that. (laughs) I don't think fair is in the dictionary of NFL, to be honest with you. I think that the fact that just for me, I think it needs to be looked at. It's a business. You can't say, oh, yeah, we just paid you. We're going to keep you around. We don't know what you're going to do. We don't know how you're going to look off this ACL. We don't know any of this, but we're going to keep you around because that's the fair thing to do. No, 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 no. Yeah. You've got to look at it. You've got to be. I mean, if. Monty doesn't if okay let's say Caleb Williams is up there Cardinals have one of the two top picks you got to look at it you have to do your due diligence as an organization if you want to go if you want to pass on it and get picks go for it but you have to at least take it into consideration even with all the financial you know burden that might come with it I mean you have to look at it my argument isn't against looking at it like, I understand, you know, I understand that. I guess for me, you know, like I, I get what you're like saying. You can't, you can't be naive and not be prepared. Yeah. My argument isn't to not be prepared and to ignore it and to say it's not happening. But to me, that's the secondary focus. Mm-hmm. The primary focus is what does he need to show us to not go down that path? Because I don't believe it's fair not for, oh, I want it to be fair so Kyler's feelings doesn't get hurt. No, <laughs> I want the best decision to be made exactly. for this organization. Exactly. And I can see a realistic outcome where this is turned around one or two years. You know, rebuilds might take longer, yeah. but these picks that they're loading up, I have faith in the new regime. We did a whole podcast on this. If we should already, already. have faith in them and if it's too soon. Yep. And it is early and I'm not 100% there. But I'm really enjoying seeing the building blocks being laid out. Yeah. This is also a team that almost consensusly has the or one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Mm -hmm. It's a team that part of the reason why he's injured in the first place is because the man was running for his life. Yes. And you're going to bring him back. And when I say fair, I want to be able to evaluate Kyler Murray in a fair way. And if he doesn't have any weapons, and if he doesn't have an O-line protecting him, and if the play calling isn't as great as you would hope that it was, all of these things fall into line as to how they looked last year. You are not getting an accurate analysis of your quarterback that you're investing that much money into. And you also have to think about what's the, you know, the rust factor of coming back and playing. Because you can still be in football shape, but you still have to go out there and perform. And that's that's why his preparation now and what you've seen him buy into so much is so important and why it looks like with this new regime, like it looks like he's more bought in. Right? Oh, yeah. You can just tell. You can tell. He's there. He's around. Being he's not out training there, in Dallas. Yeah. He's not just rehabbing on the side. He's actually taking the time to actually see the different position groups, talk with offensive coordinator Drew Petzing, you know, really get to know his teammates, which a lot more than I think what I've seen in the past couple off seasons at least. So how bad of a like Okay, then here's the line that I'm going to draw. I mean, I guess here we go. Here we go. What what kind of sample size do you need to see? Not only sample size, How right? How many games do you and need to see? And what does he need to do? Let's say baseline. Okay, half of a season. 
Let's say Kyler plays half of the season. I mm-hmm. think that's a very realistic medium. I think it's realistic, take, right? Yeah, half of the season, maybe a game more, maybe a game less. How like he's not going to come back and be elite, no. right? Let's say give him two or three games to get his legs underneath him. So we're talking five, four games. Kyler looks. 85% of what his peak was. Can you make the throws that you're supposed to make, the easier ones you're supposed to make, and can you at least get out of danger? Because if you're moving on from Kyler Murray, that's a really big decision. Big decision. Because you can have your doubts about him. And trust me, we hear the Kyler haters. Mm-hmm. We're hard on Kyler when he deserves to yeah. have somebody be hard on him. Yeah. But you've also seen, I mean, the, the dude's got multiple pieces of memorabilia in the Hall of Fame because of plays that he made exactly. last season. He's got the intangibles to do crazy things in the league. And I don't believe this is a DeAndre Ayton level of, you know, discontent, inability to really have that dog in him. Like, we've seen Kyler dig down. We've seen Kyler will this team to victories in ways that we haven't I mean, the seen Raiders game. other athletes do. Mm-hmm. You giving up on that. No matter how great of a prospect it is, Caleb Williams might look like the surest thing in the world. He's not. And he's also got Cliff Kingsbury's fingers on him, too. That is also true. (laughs) And that could be a whole other thing. That could be a whole other thing. But I'm not sitting here ready to say, all right, goodbye. But now look, if Kyler comes back and by the end of the season, he looks fully healthy, right? Yep. You don't see the hesitation when it comes to physical, but mentally it's not there. It's not clicking. And you can't point at, Rondale Moore negative yard targets as a reason why it's not working, right? Yeah. Or you can't point at, you know, is it the defense for giving up too much much points for them losing? Like, unless Kyler Murray is quite literally the reason the Cardinals are losing football games, which they're going to do before and after he plays, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm ready to move on from him. Because also, moving on from him means you're going to need to find a team to take that contract. Yes. And you're not going to be getting a bunch of assets back. And are you really going to dump your number one pick Have that much. after signing him Ugh. at his lowest value when you could also like take Marvin Williams and trade another pick for the future and still try to have another year out of Kyler yep. Murray? Three-year rebuild, to me, ain't much different than a two-year rebuild. But I just, I see this season as not an unfair test for Kyler, but as one that we need to temper our expectations and to really showing who he actually is as a quarterback. I can't guarantee that by the end of the season, I will be more or less sure (laughs) to a serious degree than I am right now. Yeah. Are are you in the same boat or do you feel like we're going to be able to get a good read on this when it's all said and done? It's a tough one just because I think it just depends on when he comes back. If he comes back week 12, week 13, I don't think there's enough sample size to really get a good, a good feel on what he's bringing to the table. So I, yeah, it's going to be tough. It'll be tough to have a real read on him, but if it comes down to Caleb Williams is breaking all these kinds of records, it might be a little more, might be a little more easier to sway the other way. I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see how this new regime goes because, again, not their guy. How much, how important is it for them to get their own guy? It might be important. It might not. Only time will tell. We're going to learn a lot. Coming up into this season, Cardinals Corner here on Arizona Sports. Coming up next, we're going to the people, baby. Uh It's a mailbag. Uh It's the final segment before we hit Empire of the Suns. Cardinals Corner, Tyler Drake, Eric Ruby on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cardinals Corner, Arizona Sports Special with Eric Ruby and Tyler Drake. On the Arizona Sports app at 98.7. 
Good things must come to an end, and that includes this live edition of Cardinals Corner. It's the last segment. Eric Ruby and Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter Tyler Drake coming live from the Auction Community Studios, filling in for the normal programming today. You'll be hearing Burns and Gambo, those guys out on vacation. Arizona Sports Podcast in grinding, grinding. on this holiday weekend. Shout out to Erin Maloney. She's behind the boards, and she'll be there for Empire of the Suns as well, which is coming up next, so make sure you don't go anywhere. Yep, yep. Lots and lots of Suns news to unpack. Lots. The word Cardinals. Yes. Corner, Tyler. We are Cardinals. And the corner, it's got room for everybody, man. It's not just us. So we said, you know what? <laughs> We're taking this opportunity. You can put baby in the corner. You can. On Cardinals <laughs> Corner, you can. Although I don't think any babies wrote in for our mailbag that we're Brady was going to. Here. She decided not to. <sighs> she still had that beef with me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's we'll why. leave that unsaid. <laughs> no, okay. So, we opened it up to the people over the weekend. We asked you guys to send in your questions. If you still want to send in questions, we'll attack it on our future podcast. You can yep. go and tweet at us at AZ Cards Corner on Twitter. But this one, coming from Facebook, and it's coming from Johnny. All right. Are the players carrying over from last season comfortable with new management coaching staff and the new additions now obviously the cardinals new general manager monty austin new head coach jonathan gannon new defensive coordinator nick rallis new offensive coordinator drew petzing i mean top to the bottom to the bottom it's a complete revamp rebuild tyler you've been there yeah you've talked to so many players yeah what's your vibe with them they uh they seem bought in i'll tell you right now i mean and I'll give you guys one really good example, and, I, and you guys have probably heard it before if you listen to the podcast, but Zayvon Collins got called out very, very early on with this new regime about, you know, bringing food into the meeting rooms and eating food in there. And, you know, he was made an example of, threw his number up on the screen, told them, if hey, if you're going to show up here, you need to show up ready to go. Come in 10 minutes early, finish your bowl of eggs, which I think he was eating, <laughs> and, uh, you know, be prepared to come in. And he loved it. Dennis Gardeck, love the pressure. Love it, it just seems like there's let's be real. There might not be a lot of wins this year. But it seems uh-huh. like it seems like what this culture is building is that it doesn't matter. You better be ready to play for the guy next to you and you better be at your best. And so I'm seeing it from, you know, Zaven, from Dennis Gardeck, from other, you know, veterans. So you definitely can see Guys have bought in, and they seem like they're really, really, really ready to hit the ground running, which I think just says a lot about the new regime, and it also says a lot about what we saw at the end of the old regime. Yeah, it's definitely speaking on both. Yeah. And speaking on both and seeing how disconnected almost everybody in this franchise looked last season, even watching through Hard Knocks, like now that you're oh, yeah. you're getting these hints of, oh, maybe it's not – Normal to have multiple storylines revolve around the snacks that various veterans were eating during film sessions, right? Maybe that's not yeah. the the highlight that you're supposed to have when you're on Hard Knocks. Obviously, talking about J.J. Watt. I think somebody made pancakes. pancakes in a meeting. That not that ridiculous? <laughs> I think Lucky Foto made pancakes kind of just, in one of the we were meetings. We're just like ha ha ha. You know, it is what it is. What an inside look. No, that that was cut down. And you know what? Zayvon Collins not only was like, yeah, they told me about that. He was all about it. In fact, I think it got him a little fired up. Well, yeah, he mentioned, he brought it up. He gave the example. So, I mean, that alone, if you can, you know, look at yourself and be, yeah, they called me out right away, and I'm going to make sure I'm a better player for it. Right. That's great. That's all you want. And I'm not there at the practices like you are, 
Which you're there like more than like literally anybody, even the players. You're out there running routes. <laughs> not, maybe not the players. Close. Maybe <laughs> um, not the players. Though. But I listen to a ton of interviews, whether it's cutting audio, whether it's players coming on the Wolf and Luke show during my yeah. shift, because it seems like every other segment they're talking to a Cardinals player. It's awesome. Yep. It's great. You're going to get so much insight from them. Everybody seems so pumped, especially the veterans. I would say they're more excited because they've seen what it's like on the other end. James Conner's jacked. And whether this works out or not, whether Monty Osifort is a great GM at drafting and signing and trading, and whether Gannon's good at calling plays and organizing and hiring assistant and defensive on offensive, you know that they are doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. And that is something that professional athletes should always, the successful ones, and will always gravitate to. And this is in, and just to go back to that culture building, this is the foundation that you need, you know, really to get to where you want to go. Absolutely. Okay, next question, because we've got a couple of them. This one uh, from Blake Allen Murphy. You might recognize him if you're on Cardinals Twitter a lot. Attaboy. Attaboy, Blake. What is more valuable for a general manager, draft picks and high draft picks, or a QB on a rookie deal to add proven talent via trade? And let's say you can only pick one. Because he adds that picking both is realistic, yet it's a cop-out. <laughs> and we're not copping out here. We're going to give a take, Tyler. Well, so basically, if you apply this to the Cardinals. Okay, is Car- it we're applying it to the Cardinals. I mean, we are Cardinals. Well, I didn't know if it was just any GM. I know. Come on now. <laughs> one scenario is you keep Kyler Murray and you yep. keep all your high draft picks you build around him. Yep. The other one is you trade Kyler Murray and then you trade other draft compensation after picking, presumably, Caleb Williams next year. Which path, if you were bald and the general manager of the Cardinals, which is a requirement, <laughs> would you choose? Whew. Rebuilding the Cardinals. I'm going to go, uh, just with the new regime, I'm going to say draft picks. I think draft picks. So draft You, you picks don't know Kyler. exactly what you're going to get, but I think, yeah, I think that's the way to go. If you didn't already have the quarterback, if you didn't already have Kyler, building around a rookie deal quarterback oh, is the way to win in the NFL. I think if you're if I think if you're a playoff team with you, you need somebody to drop in there, that's a guy. Yeah. That, that's the type type of deal you need to do. Absolutely. I, I'm with you there in a vacuum. However, for the Cardinals, we talked about it last segment. I'm team if Kyler shows the flashes, which I believe he will, I don't think he's gonna get back to hundred percent this season. That is way too much to ask. I say build around him and you keep those draft picks because I like what Monty Austin Ford has been doing. All right. Sticking with the Cardinals faithful on Twitter, this is from Donnie Druin. Donnie. Who do you think is one player that will rise up? Rise up, Red Sea, in training like camp. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, BJ Ojolari. All right. I had to talk you out of this. We, we went through you a couple of the talk questions me before. Out of this. You were going to go with Michael Wilson. No way. No you way. Were gonna go, no. You're, you are looking me in the eyes. I'm looking you in the eyes. On July 3rd, and you're yeah. telling me that you are not lying right now. Not lying. Okay. I believe you. Yeah. We've already talked about Michael Wilson so much that I I think it's B.J. Ojolari just because we haven't seen him. I think once we really get a good idea of what he brings to the table, he's going to be one of those guys a lot of people are talking about just because what he can bring to the table. And like I said earlier, I think this guy has a potential to be an early leader, too, which is crazy to say for a rookie. He definitely talks like it. Yeah. He talks like it for sure. In fact, almost every single one of the rookies, you hear them speak, you're like, Kelvin Beecham, hello, a 13-year well, NFL veteran. And, like, they, and that's the thing. You saw how they wanted to go about getting these guys. All these guys have that football character that they talk about. Before I give my answer, there was actually a comment uh, to Donnie's tweet from Eden saying, Rondale Moore, I think, will be a freak this season. Also, Dorch. So could you see Rondale Moore being somebody that maybe starts to gain some traction in training camp? 
Yeah, I think I, I think I could just because he's done it before. We've seen him be that guy before where he's like, oh, Rondell Moore is making a huge play again. It's just can he stay healthy when this regular season starts? Okay, this is not my pick for somebody who's going to have, oh, a breakout season. They're going to be so great. But who, when we get to training camp, are we going to hear, hey, Tyler Drake is saying he looks really good out there running routes. He looks really out there catching balls, and that's my hint. I'm going to go with Trey McBride. Hmm. You have not heard practically anything about him. Well, I will tell you one thing from what I've observed. He's helping out everybody on the field. And that's great. That's great. And that's somebody where his impact on the field last season left a lot to be desired for what was the Cardinals' but highest glimpses. And there was glimpses. And I think another year and an offense that I believe will utilize him a little better, him and everybody else on the offense a little bit better. I'm going to go with Trey McBride in training camp. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to say breakout season from him. Okay. But in training camp, I have a feeling we're going to be hearing his name. And that actually leads me to my next question from Ryan. Although he had a quiet rookie campaign, it's almost like I set this up. <laughs> do you see Trey McBride becoming a top five fantasy tight end for 2023? My short answer is two letters. No. No, I don't see that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it gets better, but top five fantasy tight end? No, and, and I think, you know, obviously we've got to see what Zach, when Zach Ertz comes back and everything there. Quarterback situation still murky. Zach Ertz is still on the team. I think it's just going to be really tough for him to really be a top five guy. I think he's going to take a, a big step forward, but it's just there's too many unknowns with when Zach's coming back and who the quarterback's going to be for the length of the year. So I don't think he's top five. I think he's going to show, I think he's going to be one of those waiver wire picks every once in a while. Hey, take a flyer. There's your tight end streamer for the week, but I don't, I can't see a top five right now. Last one. Also coming from Ryan, double dipping. Oh. Although it's not a do or die scenario. Is there anyone on the roster who is more under pressure than Kyler Murray this year? Isaiah Simmons. That's the name I was thinking too. Yep. Because I think for Kyler, it's not so much the pressure, it's getting back. That's the pressure is when can I get back to the field? Isaiah is when am I getting, where am I going to get paid at? What can I show on the field? How can I prove these guys wrong? Because, I mean, they turned down his fifth-year option. He's really got to prove to everybody that he can fit in a spot and be successful successful in that spot. Okay, I do agree with you. He's number one. I believe number two is real close. Marquise Hollywood Brown. Yep. Contract yep. year. You're the number one you're the on number this one. team. Yep. There's absolutely no denying you are the number one on this team, and you're not going to be working with the best stuff behind center just on paper. Mm-hmm. So how do you perform? Do you elevate your teammates? Do you elevate everybody around you? Huh. We'll find out. But speaking of elevating, this has been a great experience with you, Tyler. Time. Live on the air. That's going to do it for Cardinals Corner. If you want to hear us on the regular, go ahead and download the Arizona Sports app or go to at AZ Cards Corner. You're going to be able to find everything. All of Tyler's great work. The man's writing articles like nobody's business on the Arizona <laughs> Sports app. You can hear me Monday through Friday, 12 to 530 at the top and bottom of every great hour. Stuff. Bring you the latest in the Arizona Sports Snacks. Empire of the Suns coming up next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.